Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. I hope you're doing well this morning. Thanks for those of you who are joining us here in the house. Thank you guys for joining back on the backstage patio and those of you who are joining online. Why don't we give it up for them in the house, all right? Those who are joining online and backstage patio. There's a bunch of folks back there today. And so uh, we're glad that, uh, glad that you joined us, glad that you're joining online and, and uh, tuning in. Thank you so much, guys, for, for being here. I've got some, some special friends today that are going to join me um, as we round out this uh, series called Different. So I want to introduce you today. This is Stephanie Songer. And this this is Ryan Board. Why don't you give it up for Stephanie and for Ryan this morning? <laughs> They're joining me along with another friend uh, who's come all the way from the great state of Wisconsin. I'll introduce you to him later. Uh, and uh, really rounding out this series, we've been in this series over the past few weeks called Different. And I know that I don't have to tell you how divided our world is today. We see it everywhere. We see it in the church. We see it outside the church. We see it in homes. We see it in culture. We see it on news. It is all around us. And the Apostle Paul, in his writing to the church in Corinth, he gave us instruction. And one of the instruction that he gave us, and it was for the church then, and it's for the church now, he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, and it should be on the screens this morning. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, that all of you agree, and that there be no, what's that next word? divisions among you. There be no divisions among you, but that you be unified in the same mind and in the same judgment. And in week two, we talked about the fact that that word division means a break, a break in the relationship, that there be no breaks. And let's face it, if the world is divided, we said in week one, the church is following the world off the cliff. And I believe that we've got a responsibility to be a part of what it is to bring unity in the church and to bring unity into our world because that's part of the reason that Jesus came. Uh, he was uh, the prince of peace. And so if we are uh, uh, God's sons and daughters, then we should be responsible. Part of our responsibility should be pursuing that peace. And so I've asked Stephanie and Ryan, who are a part of our church, to join me today. Uh, I just want to have a little discussion today and talk about what it means to to kind of flesh this out in real life, because this is very easy to say, isn't it? And it's a lot harder to do, isn't it? It's a lot harder to do it when kind of the world, you get in the world and you see what's going on, it's a lot harder to do. So I'm going to start with Stephanie, and I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how long you've been attending Hilton Head Island Community Church, if you would, Stephanie. Okay, um, good morning. First of all, um, thank you so much for um, listening to me. I'm not sure that... <laughs> What I um, actually, I am going to try really hard to to do to say what really comes from my heart and um, really what what it is for me in my life. So um, anyway, I am uh, a mother. I am a wife. We have been living here in Hilton Head Island for um, almost four years and attending uh, Hilton Head Island community for two years, about. And um, our girls over the last couple of years, we've gotten we've gotten more involved in um, things here and. Uh, it's been great. We've really enjoyed it. 
It's awesome. We're, we're so glad to have you and Scott as a part of our church. Scott, sitting down here in the front row, and um, just uh, love the fact that you guys are a part. And three girls, and um, just uh, an amazing family. Um, okay, so Stephanie, we began in week one with the title of this message series called Different. We talked about the fact that we are all different, and that we are all, as God's Word says, we're all uniquely and wonderfully made, right? So we are made for a reason. We are made for a purpose. And the problem is, is that when we see those differences, so often we look at the differences and it divides us. But I think the Bible's pretty clear that um, our job as Christ followers is to see those uniquenesses, to see those differences, and, and allow it to be something that brings us together, that is something that is healthy for the church, that is good for the church, and also something that helps advance the gospel message. Um, how do you see that playing out? How do you see that, uh, you know, from your perspective, how, how can we um, use our uniquenesses for good rather than for division? Yeah, I'm glad actually you used the word uniquenesses instead of differences because yes. I sort of try really hard not to look at differences as a negative thing or um, sort of a, a bad thing. I look at, um, you know, differences as an opportunity to actually turn toward something as a way to turning away from something. And so I try really hard to be open and listen and to learn. You know, as a mom of three daughters, and right now we have two teenagers, and if any of you, I'm sure there's lots of you that have, are either raising kids or um, have raised kids, you know that like when the conversation stops, right, that's bad. Like, you want the conversation to actually keep going. And so I work really hard at home and in my life in general to try to keep that space open for my girls to be able to, to come to me and keep the conversation going. And I think that I can, I work hard to sort of extend that in, into the other parts of my life. It's just to have that door open, to listen and to learn, um, I'm a big, big podcast person, and, and I listened to this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was so great. She talked about intentional listening mm. and how intentional mm. listening turn, um, leads to understanding. Understanding leads to empathy, mm. and empathy just gives us an opportunity to dig deeper into our relationships. And so I really work hard to sort of have that mindset all the time, but particularly when my kids come to me. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, as, as parents, some of those of you who are, are parents or are still parents or you, you have a, a child who's maybe back in your home uh, after them being gone for a while, uh, you maybe understand this. And I think it's, it's our laboratory for the rest of the world um, to be able to practice that and to, to be able to refine those skills. I loved what you said there. Um, listening leads to understanding, which leads to empathy. I love that. And, and we talked a lot about listening. Uh, I believe it was uh, in week four, we talked a lot about listening listening. And the Bible's pretty clear, and we're going to get into some, some things about listening. Um, those uniquenesses, Stephanie, I'm going to ask you kind of a follow-up question. Why do you think that we're so apt to allow them to divide us? Like, why do you, and you're, and you're, from your perspective, what you've seen in the world, you've got two girls, or three girls, and uh, you've seen this a lot. You guys have lived in different places. Why do you see that it ends up dividing us? I, I think deep down inside, right, like everybody wants to be right. Mm. You, you want to be right. I, I call it the right fight, right? Like sometimes you're just fighting just to say, just so that you can feel like you're right. And so I think 
if you step back and try to not have the right fight all the time, then it opens the door for, for conversation that might be really tough to have, right? Mm. And again, like, I want the conversation going. Like, when the conversation stops, there's no way to be able to have connection at mm. all. So mm. if you can step back and let mm. not be right fighting and let the door open, mm. then you can maybe learn something. And more often than not, what that does, whether it's with a, a child or with a friend or with someone that you've met in the workplace or in your school or wherever it may be, um, more often than not, that leads to then having the, the better discussion. You know, it's not always about the thing you're talking about. It, it ends up maybe being the better discussion. It may lead to something more significant um, than whatever it is that is the issue, right? And so I love that. That's, that is so good. And it actually opens us up for, for the next question. Now, this is Ryan Bohr. Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you guys have been here at the church. Sure. So my name is Ryan. Uh, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a lovely wife that's actually working in the back right now uh, for the other kids. Her name is also Ryan, so... That's unique, uh, and I get the birthday cards, and she gets the bills, so that's how we work that out. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that. I don't know if you, say that again. I get the birthday cards. She gets the bills. Yes, that's good. I like that. Um, so, yeah, we've been here on the island for two years. Um, love it. I mean, it's, it's an island with a beach, so it's great, and we've been here at this church for about a year and a half. Yep. It's great, man. So let's talk about the, the whole idea of being right. This was week two of our series. The, the, the message title was, I'm right, you're wrong. Uh, now, in the world today, that is like the essence of our world, isn't it, church? Like, I'm right, you're wrong. This is how we begin the finger pointing. This is how we begin the finger shaking. And this is how, you know, we end up in the places that we end up. And we talked a lot about this in week two. We talked about judgment. We talked, about, we talk, talked a little bit about listening uh, in week two. And we talked about the fact that the church in particular, uh, we have kind of this, you know, we're, we're known for, we have this reputation for the fact that we always, seems like we always have to be right about an issue. And when in reality, in the church, I want you to hear this church, at the end of the day, we only have to be right about one issue, and that's Jesus and Jesus crucified at the end of the day, right? That's the main thing, and it's keeping the main thing the main thing. So, Ryan, we as Christians, we don't have to be right about everything, just that one thing. But how do we do that in real life? How does that play out in real life? Um, how, do, how does the message, how do we keep the message of our lives about Jesus Christ and him alone when it comes to those little pinch points of conflict and uh, division that could possibly pop up. Sure. I think that, you know, one of the most important things is remember that we're all sinners, right? Every wow. day we walk through life as spiritual sinners. Um, so, you know, there's, there's common ground there between someone that might not be a Christian and yourself, probably more so than you think. Um, I think that's probably, you know, kind of the cornerstone to walk into every conversation with. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm no better than you. You know, I know something about Jesus that you might not know. And it's, it's a lot about how, you know, you walk through your daily life to kind of project yourself as a Christian without saying, hey, I'm a Christian. You know, I want to stop you for a second because that, that is so incredibly important. I don't, by the way, I didn't ask them, I don't know what they're going to say today. So I've asked them to, uh, I trust you guys, all right? So I, I, I asked them to just give honest, straightforward answers. I love that you said that. I love that you said that. 
because that is one thing that we all have in common, is that we all are sinners. And so I love that. I love that. Keep going, Brian. Man, that is so important. And I think, you know, in our spiritual journey, there's peaks and valleys. Mm. And I think that's, you know, you need to take, you need to be humble about Mm. your spiritual journey. Mm. Because I think a lot of people might be in a very low place and, you know, maybe that's the opportune time to reach out to them and say, hey, you you know, you can come to church with me, no pressure. Uh, That's kind of do the the soft sail on them a little Mm. bit. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think think that's definitely being humble when you walk into those conversations Mm. with people. Um, just be present. Lead, lead with humility, right, in those conversations, in those moments of where there might be a little bit of, a, you know, a disagreement on an issue and that sort of thing. I love that. I, I love what you said about us being sinners because that is true. It's, it's one, of the, one of the things that um, levels the playing field. And if we have that kind of perspective, when we're talking with someone, whether they're in the world or in the church or in our own home where we disagree, man, that really helps. It helps the conversation. It guides it along. I love that. So, um, Stephanie, in week three, we talked, it was on Valentine's Day, we talked about, we named it Love, actually, yeah, the, the, the old movie, all right? So, uh, and we talked about how we can't be united with each other unless we're united with him, right? We can't be united with each other, and we can't possibly overcome divisions and maybe prevent divisions unless we are in love with Jesus, unless we're passionate about Jesus. How have you seen that play out, positively or negatively? And then how, I'm going to ask you, it's a tough question, I realize, but how in your life do you stay passionate about the Lord? So I think um, I, I try, and I, I will underline the word try, mm-hmm. um, to really carve out time in my day to spend time with God, either it be in prayer or just in quiet meditation or in reading or um, even listening to a podcast or something. So um, I do try really hard every day. And what I've learned is that if I do that, if I carve that time out, um, everything else just kind of flows from there. Um, You know, and in my life, I, I have really been able to experience God's love and grace and forgiveness in me, you know, for me. And I've really been able to sort of see the redemption in that and the beauty and the power in that. And so I feel like it gives me the strength and the ability and even the mindset to be able to extend that to somebody else. Um, And the exchange sometimes is good and the exchange is sometimes not awesome, right? But I feel like if... If I'm centered in God and I'm centered in, in his powerful presence and in his forgiveness in me, like I can, I can do that. I can give that away to somebody else too. I love that. You know, I was thinking as you were talking just about the fact that when, when we are connected with him, when we're unified with him, it gives us the eyes to see people the way that we need to see them the way that Jesus saw them, but more importantly, the way he saw us, right? He, he saw us, and he offered complete forgiveness, complete redemption. But going back to uh, what you said, Ryan, about us all being sinners. And so you've already talked about at least two of the senses, right? Listening and seeing. Seeing people the way that Jesus sees them and listening in the way that we need to listen. Um, the last kind of two weeks, week four and five, 
of this series were, it was a little more practical, right? So we got into some, um, some things that were practical in nature, and we focused on some of those skills that will help us um, to, to keep divisions away and to be able to repair relationships. And what we talked about is we talked about reconciliation. We're going to talk about that with Dr. Ridland in a few minutes. Um, now, Ryan, you sell homes. You're in sales, right? You even said that, the, you know, the, you just talked about that just a, a moment ago. Um, and I'm sure you understand the concept of relatability, right? There's empathy, but there's also relatability. Uh, and I think that's one of the keys in, in terms of understanding where people are coming from to stand in their shoes, how, how do we, though, relate to each other when we're so incredibly different, right? I mean, we may experience this in our marriages and in, in close relationships, but just in any kind of relationship, how can we best do that? How have you seen that work out in, in your life? How can we relate to each other when we're so incredibly different? Yeah, I think, you know, we have to remember we come from all walks of life um, and, you know, kind of piggybacking off what Stephanie said, like we have to listen and we have to understand. If you're not truly understanding where someone's coming from, then it's probably going to be hard to, you know, share Jesus with them in the right way. Mm. So different, there's going to be different sticking points for different people. And it's about, you know, understanding what those sticking sticking points are for them. Mm. Um, And yeah, I I think. Yeah. Seek to understand. Right. You know, seek to understand. Yeah, I I know that uh, when when I come up, uh, you know, against someone who maybe comes from a different background, different experience, and we talk a lot about experiences, different gifts, different gifting, different personality, different temperament. Um, Some of you, I see some elbows going in there right now. So, uh, you know, sometimes we come with what we want as the win right? Rather than thinking about it from their perspective first and, and, and talking about it from their perspective first. Uh, the, the last week, we talked about uh, the idea of owning our part of it. And Stephanie, this is, this is so key, I think, because I think sometimes when it comes to maybe differences and disagreements that we have with each other, we approach it thinking about their response first, right? We already talked about the fact that sometimes we're not listening while they're speaking, but we think about it from the perspective of we're thinking about how they're going to respond. I know I do that all the time. It's one of my uh, big weaknesses. But uh, we talk about the the fact that divisions in the church uh, really are going to be prevented, and divisions that occur in the church are going to be repaired, and we're going to find restoration um, when we individually own it, when we own our piece of it right? When we don't think about the, the next response or what they're going to say. Uh, how can we take that personal responsibility and ownership of unity in those um, situations where divisions are maybe forced on us, where we didn't have a choice in the matter? Talk to us a little bit about your perspective on that. Um, I think when I, when I read that question, my first like, initial like, gut response was lead with love, period. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not easy to do, and I, I'm, you know, I, I am challenged every day. I work, um, my husband and I own a small business, and I'm actually running the HR piece of it. And so, um, you know, in, in conjunction with talking about compliance and laws and benefits and all that kind of stuff, I end up really kind of being, to be honest with you, the company punching bag. Um, and <laughs> yep. I've had some, I have had some really hard conversations and mm-hmm. taken some seriously tough mm. verbal hits, mm. <laughs> not going to lie. Mm. But um, mm. I think for me, I always try to enter that conversation, whether I know it's going to be tough or not, and I try to just I try to step forward and I try to lead with love. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes, leading with love for me 
was keeping my mouth shut. Mm. Wow. And sometimes I wow. just have to wow. take it. Mm. I, I, and, and I do mm. that, obviously, because that's my profession and, mm. and that's what I'm trained to do and all of that. But I, I do see that in my own life, in my mm. personal life and conversations and um, mm. particularly the tough conversations that are out in the world now, right? Mm. I, I just, I really do. That's really where I start. I, I try to lead with love lead and with love. zip it. <laughs> lead with love and zip it. There's your bottom line for today. I love that. That is great. I'm going to use that this week. I'm using it today. I'm going to use it at lunch today. I'm going to use it tonight at dinner. Thank you, Stephanie. That is really good. That is, is that not good advice, church? That is great advice. So you can give it up. Hey, why don't you give it up for Stephanie and for Ryan this morning? Thank you guys so much for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing this morning. I wanted you today to hear, as we kind of rounded out the series, because it did prompt a lot of conversation, uh, how maybe some of these things can play out in, in real life um, from two of our own. And so I want to thank Stephanie and thank Ryan. Dr. Ridland, have a seat. This is Dr. Andreas Ridland from Wisconsin. Why don't you give it up for Dr. Andreas Ridland? And Dr. Ridlin, I'm going to call him Dr. Ridlin. He's got a fan club here. Uh, I'm going to call him Dr. Ridlin. He's my friend, Andreas. So, uh, but I'll call him Dr. Ridlin. Uh, he is a, uh, you are a doctor of uh, behavioral, uh, uh, say it again. Psychology, doctor of psychology, so I got that completely wrong. So I've known him for two years, and I got it completely wrong. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, tell us how you guys got connected here in Hilton Head Island Community Church remotely. So, Hey, y'all. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's been practicing that yeah, I, I, for three days. Was that okay? Was that good? Was okay. that good? Did he Thank do a good so hey, y'all? Yeah, okay, there you go. So my name's Andreas. I live in Wisconsin. My first 19 years of life, I lived in Norway. Uh, I moved over here for love, and it, and it actually worked out. So that's that great. Um, what I do, I am a behavioral specialist. So I do work within behaviorism. We have three children. My oldest, Emma, who is 16, Iana, who is 13, and I have a son who is eight, all all that is boy, just a raging ball of testosterone, and his name is Liam. <laughs> Liam is full of energy, man. Yeah, is, yeah we man. see that all the time. I love it. I love it. The reason that he's getting all these shout-outs, by the way, is over the course of really of the past year, I, I got to know you and your wife a couple years ago, you and uh, Nicole a couple years ago uh, when you were in town. But you guys have almost become part of our church because you jumped in to this year our one of our men's groups that, that I help lead and that I'm a part of actually right now because someone else is leading it right now. But um, And you have been joining us on Zoom. So we've gotten to know you. So there's a bunch of our men's group that's out there giving him uh, shout-outs this morning, which is awesome. So I love it. Um, but you talk to people all day long. All day. All day long. How many people do you all talk day. to and counsel all day long, all day long? How many people in a day might you counsel throughout um, the day? So it's a little bit different for me because I have a cap of four patients and I meet with them probably 10, 15 to 20 times in one day. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So he's all throughout the day um, working uh, with people on, on behavioral issues specifically. And you know, I, when I thought about this, um, this series, the world is so different. If you look at human behavior over the past year, we've really seen the ugly side of human behavior like we've never seen it before. Am I right, church? Um, 
And I've said before, I've said it in this series, I've said it uh, just a few weeks ago, I know that I've not been my, the best version of me. We're a year into this. It's not easy, is it? There's, I think there's a lot of emotion behind this year, right? Uh, this this one-year mark. And so we, we've seen kind of the, the ugly and the difficult side of behavior. Um, why I'm going to ask you a question similar to what I asked them. Why do differences so quickly turn into bad behavior? How do, why do we respond the way that we do in that negative way? Use what's called the cognitive behavioral therapy model. And if you have a phone, you can just pull it up and Google CBT triangle. That'll kind of explain what I do. Because as human beings, we have thoughts, we have feelings, and we have behavior. Mm. And it usually goes this way. I have a thought about something and that produces a feeling, a bias, an, an emotion towards or emotion against something. And what happens is that that becomes manifested in our behavior towards something or someone. And subsequently, if I can shift your behavior I will shift your emotions, which will then solidify feelings hmm. that will then again create a better behavior to substitute the poor one. Hmm. And I see that so often in the church because, again, there's so many issues. There's so much divisiveness. And what happens is we begin to do the same thing. We begin to categorize very quickly because, guys, the, the brain is actually very lazy. It, it, it likes to categorize things, good, bad, high, low. You've been spending time with me the last few days, I can tell. Anyway. <laughs> it, and as a result of that, we just go, they think this, bad. They think that they're my tribe. So it's very quickly categorized. But if we can begin to change thoughts and feelings about people, we end up actually behaving differently towards them. Wow. How much does listening, I want you to talk about listening for a minute, because we, we did talk through some of these things the other night, and you, you talked about listening and how important that is and how difficult that is for humans. It's very difficult. Listening is actually an act of humility because you are listening to actually learn something mm. as, if some, as if somebody has something that you can learn from. But we don't do that. Usually we listen and we wait for that moment where I can pounce on you yeah. and I can, I can categorize you. And I said, well, we disagree on that and, and, and just write it off, right? Mm. And we're not actually listening to the words that are being said. We're listening to the idea. We lump them into an ideology. And then we begin to, we begin to tear down. Mm. We begin to dismantle. And then eventually we begin to establish our dominance of topic over them because it's important mm. that I'm right. That's mm. very important. Okay, so it's this idea. We come back to this idea that it's important that I'm right. How much of it really is though that people want to just be heard rather and understood rather than you know being right about something? Oh yeah, absolutely. People people want to be heard. They don't really want to understand. Again, because under trying to understand is an act of humility because you're putting aside your thoughts, you're putting aside your ideologies and you're actually listening to somebody, right? And what happens to us is that we, when, when, when we're speaking, we're speaking clearly according to us, but when we listen, we're not listening to what's being said. We're just listening to, in, to interject, right? Mm, wow. So, yeah, well, that's 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 a that's a skill that has to be developed yeah. though. Oh yeah. Listen, you know, listening uh, skills to to listen to to learn. Yes. Because then we understand and we talked mm -hmm. to, uh, before about empathy. That's a skill. Yeah. How do we develop that skill? 
We seek to understand rather than to be understood. Mm. Seek to understand. Listen as if somebody has potentially something to teach you. Mm. Because when we go into this ideological conversation, it's the epitome of arrogance Mm. on both parts. Mm. But to lay things aside and listen to what's being said as if I might learn something. And disagreement doesn't have to be that decisive thing that separates us. I know that, Pastor, you and I have had a couple of theological conversations, and and we actually disagree. We do. On a few things. On a few things. Yeah, we do. And you're my friend, man. I love you. And we have just decided that those things are not going to separate us. That's right. Because we we major in the majors, and we minor on the minors. That's right. That's good. I love that. Major on the major, minor on the minors. Okay, so then you get to a point where you, you, you learn how to listen. You, you seek to understand. You, you, um, you know, lead with love, right? And zip it. Okay, so lead with love and zip it. Listen. Um, and then we get to a point where we do have these disagreements. Now, here's where I want you to really hear this church. Because we talked, the Apostle Paul wrote these, I want you to see these two different verses. In Romans chapter 14, verse 1, he says, As for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. He also says in Romans 12, 18, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That. When we have a disagreement with someone in the church, in our family, or in the world where we feel like, we feel like we're going to compromise our Christian values if we just let that go or if we just zip it, as Stephanie said. There's a tension built in there. And how best can we accomplish loving and listening, yet at the same time not compromising our values? That's good. So one of the statements that really I try to live by, again, try, all right? is to stand firm, but love well. Mm. Mm. Y'all need to write that down. That's good. That's good. Stand firm and love well. That's good. I can say it because you said it, not me. I can't say something and go write that down, right? I can say it when you say it. So stand firm and love well. Absolutely. And because here's the thing. I I have a, I I have this, what, what is the outcome? What am I looking for? Am I looking to be right and to establish dominance, mm. or is the relationship more important to me? Mm. And I don't have to compromise in my theology to be Todd's friend. Mm. I don't. Mm. I really don't. Mm. I've made my case clear. He's made his case clear. And sometimes you go, oh, we're going to think about that. And other times, like, yeah, we disagree on that. Okay, great, fine. But I'm very secure in myself, mm. and Todd is very secure in himself, and we are aiming for a higher thing. We know that we're stronger together than we are apart. And, and, and guys, this world is so broken. It's so messed up. It's so divided. You, you can't disagree on Facebook anymore. You're going to be in big trouble, yeah. right? Big but, but, but listen, we, the world is looking at us every day. And we are under more scrutiny than probably many other organizations or or type of businesses or whatever, other religions, it doesn't matter. But we, here in the U.S., we are being watched every second of every day. And you know what they see? They see people who are quarreling over basic issues just like on Facebook. Yeah. That we're just like them. Yeah. 
And what, what we decided to do, what Todd and I decided to do between ourselves, is that the main thing is the main thing, and we wish to know nothing amongst ourselves but Christ and him crucified. Mm. That's it. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Because, guys, at the end of the day, heaven is real. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit harsher, hell is real. Yeah. And there are people who are marching on that train, and mm. you guys, they need Jesus. Yeah. They need Jesus, and, and, mm. and, and I don't need them to agree with me to find Jesus. I just mm. want them desperately, Todd, to find to Jesus find and to be in a relationship mm. with him. Mm. And that's the most important thing to me, and anything short of that, mm. it doesn't matter that much mm. to me anymore. Mm. You know, it's um, interesting when people disagree, and I, I love your heart, and I'm glad that you, you said that that people need Jesus. And sometimes in our effort to be right, in our effort to be right about something, we may put a block in someone's life who right now is, is dying and their eternity is going to be spent in hell. And we have the opportunity to turn that around and maybe, maybe, maybe introduce them to the Son of God and allow them to to come to him, give them the opportunity to come to him um, by just listening, by just loving, by just leading. Um, how can we, as Christians, how can we be ministers of reconciliation in the world? How can we stand firm and lead well and love people well in the midst of all the division that's in the world. Uh, people, people typically will respond to you know, disagreements and uh, discord by, by fight or flight. I know that's something that psychologists and counselors use. Um, and you know, some of you are like, I'm the fighter, and others of you are like, I'm the flighter, right? I don't know if that's even a word, but I'm using it. And uh, I think that sometimes we have the tendency to run from the relationship. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, he says, all of this is from God through Christ Jesus. This is where we landed last week. Reconciled us to him, and he gave us the ministry. Church, hear that. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How do we do, how do, we do that when our response is to fight or flight when we have disagreements? So I, I think... When we have disagreements and that produces a, a fight or flight situation, it's, it's partially because I'm not considering you mm. as Todd the person. Oof. I'm considering, I'm, I'm painting a broad brush that you think mm. that, therefore you are like them. I'm mm. categorizing you and boxing you in. Mm. And it's so important for me to be right over mm. you because I'm right and you're not. And listen, guys, you may be right, but you can still be a jerk and be right. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that in church. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like <laughs> send the emails to him. All right. Yep. So just yeah. to be clear, right? But but I have found I I came from from a more um, stricter type background in in, mm. in Europe, and the point was to always be right, mm. always be right. Mm. And I can't tell you how many people I've alienated out of my life because I sought to be right. Mm. And me too. Me too. It's just not a good thing. Mm. Mm. You can be right and be a jerk. Mm. And so we are called to be reconcilers. Mm. And again, what, what matters to me more than anything, I, um, I have people in my life who I adamantly disagree with. 
with their lifestyle choices, with, with what they've chosen to do with things and all that. But for me, I choose to be in that relationship for the sake of the cause of Christ. Mm. And so, so what do I do? You are not that issue. You are my friend and you need Jesus. And my responsibility, because I've been put in your life by God, mm-hmm. I have to keep the main thing the main mm-hmm. thing. I have to demonstrate Christ's character. Mm-hmm. I have to be who he is. Mm-hmm. Because, guys, I might be the only Jesus that guy's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The person that you hang out with, you might be the only Jesus they ever see. And you don't want to spend that time trying to prove to them how right you are. Mm. Mm. We are to reconcile. We are to focus on each other. We're to help each other. And, and listen, there's not, maybe there's two or three if you really worked at it. There's no issue, virtually no issue that could present, that you could present to me other than teaching witchcraft or you know, anything like that. <laughs> but this is more important mm. than that issue. And I'm going to work on this and not mm. care so much about that. The relationship. The relationship. The person, the person yeah. Yeah. is more important yeah. than the issue. Yeah. At the end of the day, the person is more important than the mm-hmm. issue. Okay, so last question. This is, I think I've said this is where we'll end five times. This is where we're going to end. I can do this on my own, on my own strength. I've got this, right? I've got this on my own. Is that the attitude that we need to take? And I know as a counselor, as a psychologist, you, don't, you, always, you can't always go down the spiritual route. But I think we're fooling ourselves, and help me here, if we think that we can do this all on our own. How do we have the strength to do this in our world with the wild divisions that we see, with the feeling of us wanting to compromise? How do we do this? This is not a new thing. If you go into the New Testament, everything was about division and unification. It was a bunch of Jewish people with thousands of years of tradition, of heritage, of rule, of law, methodologies and structures. And all of a sudden, something happened. We morph into this grace thing. Well, don't, don't, you have to be circumcised. Moses commands you to be circumcised. Oh, you do this on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. And you, oh, I'm not even going to talk about you. But, but all these issues became pertinent, right? Because what does it mean when the Torah says do this? But what does it mean when it says that by grace are you saved? It is not of your own. It is God's work and God does all this stuff. Guys, we can't do this by ourselves. We can't. As human beings, our brain is actually tilted towards negativity. Mm. So a good way to say that is um, if I walk up to you and give you a uh, $20 bill, you'll feel good. If you find out that you lost your $20 bill, you'll feel bad. But the bad feeling will be worse than the good feeling will be better. Wow. So we have a propensity towards negativity. Mm. You can't do this. This love thing, hear me now. This love thing is not a watered-down gospel. It is not a watered-down message. Mm. This is the message. And not easy. Loving well while standing firm is not easy. But listen to this. This is what Christ said about this. They came to him and said, Rabbi, Master, what is the greatest commandment? There you go. He said, you should love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, right? Amen. And he says, 
The second is like it. Now, like it means not necessarily similar to, but it means equal in intensity and equal in importance. Mm. Mm. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So good. So good. There's two things there, guys. Mm. You have to love yourself. You have to know who he is so he can show you who you are. Mm. You need to be Christ-centered, Christ-focused. You need to be in a small group. You need to have fellowship with people of like-minded faith. You need to build that up in your life. And then you, you can love others because you are operating out of a place of love. You're operating out of a, out of a place of Christ-centeredness. And listen, I still don't have to necessarily sanction everything you're doing. Mm. But you just need to know that I'm for you. I want what's That's best good. for you. That's and good. I love you. And I'm going to do my very best to be everything that I can to support you. Now, why is that important? Why do you think that love thing is important? This is what Christ said next. Because on the two, these two commandments hinges all of the law, all, the law. And all of the prophets. <laughs> mm. All the things that they were talking about in thousands of years hangs on this. Yeah. Love God, yeah. learn to love yourself, and love people. That's good. That's what it's about, you guys. It's not a game. What a great, what a great, great, great place to end this series. Dr. Rillen, thank you so much. Why don't you give it up for my friend, Dr. Thank Rillen. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I want to pray. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray over you. But I also want to say this. I recognize that the last year of our lives has been incredibly difficult. It's been excruciating. We've seen things over the past year that we never thought that we would see here in our world, here in America, here in our community. It has been incredibly difficult. And so it makes everything that you just heard from Stephanie and from Ryan and from Dr. Ridlin, it makes it that much more difficult. Whether you're watching online, whether you're back on the backstage patio, or whether you're in here, and you feel like you need to talk to someone, we have Stephen's ministers, lay people who are there to listen. Who are there to listen. Just to hear what's going on in your life. We would love for you to meet one of our Stephen's ministers. Maybe just listen. If you're dealing with something from this last year that's been particularly difficult, you can go online. You can go on hiltonheadislandcc.org to find out more information because I know one thing. It is incredibly important that we work through some of what we've experienced over the last year so that we can do everything that we just talked about to the best of our ability. Would you join me as I pray a prayer over you? Father, I pray for my church I pray for your people. God, for those who are watching online, for those who are back on the backstage patio, in the strong name of Jesus, for those who are here in the house, in the strong name of Jesus, would you give us, myself included, the ability to love well, even though we are so wildly different. Father, help us, even in the midst of some of the, maybe the worst year that most of us have ever gone through. Would you help us? Would you give us the strength to be able to get over the pain, 
to be able to get through the pain, to, to have the courage to reach out and ask someone to come alongside of us so that we can get to that other side and be there for someone else. And to be people who are all about the ministry of reconciliation. Father, help us to engage our eyes and to see people the way that you saw them. Father, to, to be quick to hear, to be slow to anger and slow to speak. Help us to control our thoughts. Help us to control our lips. And may our ears and our eyes be wide open you see them. And Father, I pray that we would draw closer and closer to you and as a result have a greater impact in the world. God, I thank you for Ryan. I thank you for Stephanie. I thank you for Dr. Ridlin. I pray your blessing on them. God, I thank you that they were able and willing to share this morning. And Father, I pray that you would just be with us as we go do everything that we can to create unity and not division. And God, would people be attracted to you as a result. I pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen.